We're so glad that you're here. If you're in the room, go ahead and come on in, find a seat, and we invite you to worship with us. Would you stand and let's sing together? good to see you this morning. My name is Beth Davies and this is Christy Morris. Hello. And we are on the community team together. I'm on the Springdale side of things. And I'm on the Rogers side of things. And we're just excited to worship with you this morning. But first things first, get out your phones and get your camera on the QR code. You know what to do. This is your link into All Things Fellowship. Um, we are excited. This is Christmas week, as you know, and things are a little different this year. We've got Christmas Eve services online for you to enjoy with your family, and that will be available to you starting December 24th, um, which is coming soon. And we're just really excited. In our home, we have something different this year. Less than 24 hours ago, we welcomed our first grandbaby. Yes. Yes, we are so 
excited. Um, and so it's only right that we give the people what they want. Please meet <laughs> Levi Thomas Davies. We are just in love. Um, so tonight, I actually will get to meet him and hold him. And so um, I just think you know how I'm feeling right now. Um, <laughs> yes, with that, on Christmas Eve, our family's going to be together, snuggling this little guy, uh, worshiping the services, and we're going to have candles and glow sticks, and we want that for you. So if you could today, on your way out, help yourself at the doors, you've got candles and glow sticks, and you can best believe I am getting baby Levi a glow stick to inspire him <laughs> for future services, so <laughs> we're excited. And by the way, you can get those, if you miss, up... Um, through Wednesday at our church office. That's for those of you online. So he yeah. is adorable. Thank what a you. gift. He yeah. is such a gift. Hey, and speaking of gift, during this Christmas season, we would love for you to consider donating to the gift. And the gift is an initiative here at Fellowship that basically just gives you the opportunity to give back to the Lord financially. So we have these envelopes for you that you can get um, as you leave the worship center on the side of the doors there. You can drop that in any offering slot. You can mail it back into the church, and all of us can easily give online. So thank you so much for your generosity. We really appreciate that. And also, I've got one more thing to tell you while I've got you. Women, this is for you. We have a small opportunity for you that we think is going to yield really big results. So we are excited about the sweet simplicity of this, and we're calling it Connecting Conversations. And it's for you and a friend, or maybe two, to engage in. And so Connecting Conversations, be listening for it. We're going to give you a little bit more information in the next couple of weeks. That's awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to this next hour with you. So with that, let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we do want to give thanks again for your son Jesus, the greatest gift of love that you have given this world. And so, Lord, as we enter your presence this morning, we just ask you to pour into us that love so we can pour out to others. Um, we love you. We ask you to help us keep our sights on you. And um, Lord, May you be lifted and glorified this morning. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in December of 2013, on the Joy Week of Advent, I found myself on this stage waiting for our first child to come into this world. And this morning, Kyle Jackson is doing the exact same thing. And so we're celebrating waiting for baby Jackson and uh, seven years ago, Mickey said, hey, if Pat runs off this stage, you know why. That's because the baby's coming. So this morning, if Kyle runs off stage, that means baby Jackson's coming. That's exciting. Let's celebrate the new life. Baby Jackson coming soon. <laughs> Meredith, his wife, will be joining him later in the service to light the Advent candle of joy. So we're so glad to have y'all here this morning. Um, not all of us are here this morning. If you heard piano uh, on the first song, you probably noticed we don't have a piano player up here. And I just wanted to take a moment to recognize a faithful volunteer. Chris Barnett uh, was feeling under the weather yesterday and he called and he really wanted to be here. And we said, hey, let's play it safe. Uh, you can stay home. And he said, hey, I really wanna be there. Is there any way I can help? So he recorded some of his piano parts and sent them to us and through the glorious technology, he's actually able to play his parts via computer for us this morning. And so we're gonna be playing with some loops. And if you're like, hey, I hear that piano. Uh, Chris played a lot of the pianos this morning and he's able to be a part of our worship. And I'm just grateful for volunteers like that who pour all they have into something like this where we can enjoy the benefit and worship the Lord together. And so I'm grateful for everyone who is here, grateful for Chris who isn't here. He's watching on live stream. So let's show them appreciation this morning for all that our volunteers do to lead us and worship together. We miss you, Chris. We wish you were here with us, but thank you for your hard work. Let's worship the Lord together. Would you stand with us and let's celebrate the first Noel.
silent night that our king came from heaven.
rest in this truth. Let's pour adoration, devotion. Good morning, fellowship. My name is Kyle, as Pat said earlier, and I get the privilege to serve as a worship pastor here on staff. And this is my beautiful wife, Meredith. And as Pat mentioned earlier, we are expecting a little one any time within the next two weeks. And this is exciting, but also a little bit terrifying. So just be praying for us. This is our first baby, so we didn't know what to expect. Um, but God has grown our hearts in ways that we just couldn't have imagined throughout this pregnancy. Um, we've grown more in love with each other. Uh, the love that we have for our community and our church family has deepened. And more than anything, um, we've been surprised at how much we already love our little boy. And we haven't even met him or seen him yet. And that experience, I think, has helped us get an understanding of God's love for us and that it's the same kind of love. It's unconditional, unwavering, and he wants to be with us because we're his own. And First John 3, 1 says that how great the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. And one of the greatest gifts of love that God gives us is his presence. And this also can be seen as Advent, which simply means coming. And one of my favorite theologians and poets, his name is Malcolm Geit. In his book, he talks about the three great Advents of Christ. And the first great Advent of Christ is what we're celebrating this morning. God stepping down from heaven, coming to earth to dwell amongst his people. The second great advent of Christ is the future coming that we long for and hope for. Will he come back and restore all things and make all things new? And the third great advent are the daily advents that we experience Christ, where he comes to meet us daily as we walk, as we grow with him. So today as we light the advent candle of love, uh, we take the time to celebrate and dwell on the depth of God's love for us. 
pray with me? God, thank you so much um, that no matter what our hearts are carrying this morning, um, you have an invitation into your loving presence for us. God, um, we're so grateful for your love um, and that that's what stirs you to come to us, God. And we thank you that you've already come through Jesus. Um, we thank you for the hope and the promise that you're coming again to restore all things. And we thank you that uh, you're here with us right now in this moment. And so, Spirit, I ask that you would just allow those truths to, to sink in and that as we know them and believe them and understand the depth of your love, that we would be transformed by it. God, um, we're so grateful for you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So God 
take a moment and rest in his goodness. Remind yourself of all that he has done for you. The invitation this morning is to come, to worship, to bow down, and let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. So we bow down before you this morning. Our God and our King, and we acknowledge this, we were made to worship you, we were made to adore you. So we declare that this morning as we see. I was made for adoration. I was made for adoration. I was made for adoration. Would you stand with us? I was made for adoration. I was made for adoration. I was made for adoration. And oh, come, let us sweet sound to your ear that we were made to adore you that we were made to worship you so God would you teach us how to be in tune how to keep in step with your spirit day by day as we come to your word and as we humble our lives before you would you lead us and so in this time would we continue to praise your name as your word is preached would you continue to sanctify us and make us to the very image of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray all this in his name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, here this morning, the story of the Magi, the story of the wise men from Matthew chapter 2. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem, in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, 
For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go search carefully for the child, and as soon as you find him, report to me that I too may go and worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This Advent season, we have heard the prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. We have looked at both the story of Joseph and Mary being called by God into this unique narrative. We have relived that special night in Bethlehem when angels pronounced to the shepherds, today in the town of David, a savior has been born. And we've lit the, the candles of hope and peace and joy and today, love, on this last Sunday before Christmas. And we're gonna take a look at this story, the story of the wise men or the story of the, the magi a little deeper. If you've got your Bible, Open there to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter two. Let's take a deeper look, beginning in verse one. It says this. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Matthew continues the story of the early life of Jesus with these visitors coming from a foreign land in the east. These journeymen are called in the scripture magi or wise men. Well, who are these guys? Who are these travelers from the east? Well, we're not really sure. Now, I spent a lot of money and a lot of years studying to tell you that. We're, we're not really sure. They're only mentioned in the scripture here. And, and most Bible commentators and theologians only offer general information about the identity of the Magi. But that word Magi suggests that they were specialists in the study of the stars, perhaps the field of astronomy or even astrology. And the story supports that direction as they are guided by a star. Now, tradition says that there are how many wise men? Kids? The Bible doesn't say that. Now we get the three wise men because they gave how many gifts? But could one person give three gifts? Could 10 people give three gifts? We just don't know. And so the story doesn't reveal it. And so Tradition tells us there were three wise men, one for each of the gifts. But we do know that these men were esteemed. They were given immediate audience with King Herod, and they had abundant financial resources. And they were knowledgeable not only in astronomy or astrology, but also in Jewish prophecy. And they had some political savviness about them. But here's what we know for certain. God was revealing himself to them. And he was miraculously leading them. Note the purpose of these men and their journey. It says in the text, we have come to worship him. They came to recognize and, and properly respond to the one sent from heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but that encourages me greatly. If these foreign pagan astronomers can have a proper heart disposition before Jesus, then maybe there's hope for you and for me as well, right? Well, King Herod's heart was far from at peace with the birth of this child. Look at verse three. It says, when King Herod heard this news from the Magi that they had come to see the child, 
he was disturbed. And the whole city of Jerusalem was disturbed with him. And when he had called together the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem and Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has said. And they quoted Micah chapter 5. But you, Bethlehem, and the land of Judah are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. Judah, small tribe. Bethlehem, small city. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So when King Herod heard that the Magi had come and they had made their journey, he was disturbed. The king was threatened by the rumor of the birth of the long-awaited king of Israel. And in his paranoia, in his defensiveness, he began to research prophecies about the Messiah. So he called together the experts who knew the Hebrew scriptures, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And he asked them where he was to be born. And they gave him a prophecy from Micah, naming the city of Bethlehem. And then he continued his research. Look at verse 7. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. He called a secret meeting, and he inquired of the Magi. He wanted to know not only where the child was to be born, but he wanted to know when the child was born so that he could calculate the approximate age of the child. Then he tried to deceive the Magi into becoming his informants, asking them to report back to him when they had found Jesus. And then the Magi were sent on their journey, from Jerusalem, five miles to the south, to the little town of Bethlehem. And as they renewed their journey, their, their beacon, their guiding light reappeared in the sky. Look at verse 9. It says, after they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star... They were overjoyed. Now, one of the amazing features of this story is the signaling star, the Christmas star or the Bethlehem star. Now, what in the world is going on here? There are a lot of theories of how this star appeared over Bethlehem. Some say that it was a naturally occurring event like a passing comet or an exploding supernova star. Others say that this was uh, something spiritual. Theologians say that maybe it was the Shekinah glory of God appearing to the Magi, much like it guided the Israelites in the desert. Others point to a rare astronomical event where two planets align as they pass in orbit to appear as a star. You know, the planets of Jupiter and Saturn perfectly aligned to produce what looks like a star one time roughly every 20 years. But it's rarely close enough to see, and also it rarely occurs at night where it's visible to the human eye. But guess what? It is going to happen tonight, and more clearly Tomorrow night, for the first time since 1623, uh, it will be closer for us to see. And for the first time since 1223, it'll be observable to the human eye. So I want to give you a homework assignment tonight, just after sunset. So kids, you can get on and Google it or just watch Dan Scoff. This is like his greatest day ever. He's probably going to predict a blizzard on top of the Bethlehem star, sell out bread and milk all over the universe. But just after sunset tonight, you might be able to see Saturn and Jupiter align, forming what looks like a star. Now, some say that that's what was going on here, that the Bethlehem star, the Christmas star, was this astronomical event. Others think something different. Whatever the case 
the Magi were being supernaturally guided to Jesus. The Magi were being miraculously called to worship. They were being marvelously drawn unto him. And look at verse 11. The star stopped over the house of Joseph and Mary. And I want you to see the reaction of the Magi when they saw the child. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, verse 11 gives us a couple of clues that this story probably occurred sometime after the birth of Jesus, even up to a couple of years after the birth of Jesus. Note that Mary and Joseph are not at the manger or the stable. It says that they are in a house. And the word translated here as child in the original biblical language is a different word than the one used for infant. This word describes a toddler more than a newborn. Now I know that this is crushing and this is disturbing because you have invested in this sweet little nativity set that has who at the manger? The Magi. You are displaying a biblically errant nativity set. Shame on you. But don't worry. Christmas is not ruined. You don't have the Mandalorian there with Jesus. You're pretty close. This is a story about the birth of Jesus. And they did come to adore the newborn king. And most theologians mesh this time period. So don't smash your precious moments, magi, today. Just put them in another room. Just put them over there in the east of your house so that your friends and family won't judge you as biblically ignorant. But most importantly, Look at what happens when these magi, when these esteemed men from the east, when these astronomers finally see Jesus, when they saw the child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshiped him. They took a posture of reverence humbly bowing to the one chosen to be king. They worshiped him, they exalted him, they bestowed upon him glory and majesty and honor. They recognized who he truly was and gave him his due. And then they worshiped through generous and sacrificial gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, expensive and and lavish treasures fit for a king. This is the most powerful moment in the story. Now, I know that the star is fascinating, and I know that the the true identity of the, the, the wise men, the magi, is perplexing. But don't miss this moment where these men bowed in humble, worshipful reverence before Jesus. That's powerful stuff. And it gives us a proper point for personal evaluation and application. So question, what is your stance? What is your posture? What is your heart condition towards Jesus right now? Maybe you can relate to the Magi. You feel in your heart as though you're seeking him in humble devotion and and reverent worship. Maybe you've been captivated by him to such an extent that you're moved to sacrificial and generous action. Or maybe you find yourself on a complete opposite end of the spectrum. You know, we're five days away from Christmas and you may find yourself walking in doubt and unbelief. You can't really decide, is is this stuff for real? And for you, the Christmas story has become just cultural Background music. Or maybe you're walking in the fog of fear and despair. The year 2020 has shredded what little 
faith or hope that you have and you've practically left the faith behind. You may be at a point where you're participating in church, but it's distant in your heart. It's just not in it. What is your heart disposition before the king? You know, I was thinking about the concept of the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, and how broad and deep this narrative really is. In any way you look at it, it's absolutely amazing. Consider the, the signs associated with the anointed Savior being sent by the Lord. They're overwhelming. The fulfilled prophecies, the virgin birth, the angelic pronouncements, the witnessing shepherds, the signaling stars, the worshiping magi. We could throw in many more. This was no ordinary birth. God came to earth as a baby. Majesty entered into meekness. The throne of heaven was abandoned for a, a stable. Divinity clothed itself in humanity. The incarnation manifest in the nativity. Emmanuel, God with us. And because the birth was so extraordinary, so monumental, we were given signs to mark its significance. So don't miss the moment or let the familiarity with the story diminish its force. Just consider the fulfilled prophecies. The prophet Micah predicted that the baby would be born in Bethlehem. The prophet Isaiah forecast that he would be born of a virgin. Both of these prophecies occurred 700 years prior to the birth of Christ. That's seven centuries. It's over 255,000 days before Jesus came to Bethlehem, those prophets wrote these forecasts. It's no coincidence. And when it comes to the miraculous and the extraordinary, consider the virgin birth, a miracle that is so unbelievable, so impossible that it signals, it requires divine intervention. This was no ordinary birth. It was unique. It was majestic. It was glorious. On three different occasions in the birth story of Jesus, angels pronounced his coming once to Mary. Another angel appeared to Joseph and a whole host of angels appeared to the shepherds. And the message was clear. They brought good news of great joy for all the people. Think about it. A birth that was prophesied announced by angels, validated by the sign of virgin birth, and it was witnessed by shepherds. They were told, this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger, and upon further inspection, they found him just as they had been told. It was a birth signaled in the stars and revered by the wise men from the east. The magi were drawn to the birth by an astronomical event, a light in the sky. These men were beckoned by the revelation of God that, that something significant had occurred. And when they finally saw him, they bowed on their knees and worshiped him. Now put it all together. Prophecy is fulfilled. Virgin birth, angelic pronouncements, signaling stars, witnessing shepherds, worshiping magi. These are designed to get your attention. These are to alert you that something significant has happened. These are signs and indicators and evidences of a truth the Lord wants you to hear. He must be the Savior. Amen? It's an extraordinary birth of a divine child. A holy night worthy of falling on your knees in worship. And I want to encourage you this morning to let this story the story of the birth of Christ, become a part of your story. Do not dismiss the significance of this event. Don't be lulled to sleep by the familiarity of the story. Don't be distracted by the seasonal trappings. And don't close your ears because your heart has become hardened by the harshness of life. He sent the Savior of God to save you and me from our sin. Do you believe that today? What is your heart disposition towards King Jesus? Well, whether you're being drawn near to him like the Magi, or whether you feel far from him at this point in life, 
I want to invite you to behold the child that will become the man on the cross. To see the one who appeared in the manger that one day would abandon the grave. To embrace that holy night of our dear Savior's birth. Now in just a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come near to Jesus. An invitation to come nearer to Jesus than you've ever been before. For some of you, that means to become a more devout worshiper of Jesus in this special season. For others, it means that you would come to faith today, that you would repent of your sins and believe in the Savior who was born in Bethlehem and died on a cross outside of Jerusalem so that you could be forgiven. For others of you, it means to come home to Jesus because you've been away from him for a long time. But before I do, I wanna just give you a moment of reflection in the quietness of this space with all of the seasonal things around us to have that moment the Magi had where they worshiped the child. Would you prepare your heart for that moment by bowing with me in prayer? And I wanna give you this moment to go to that place with God that only you and he go. And I want you to pour out your heart before him and tell him exactly how you feel about your relationship with Jesus right now. And as we sing, picture that night. Lord, would you reveal yourself to us this morning? Lord, we hear your call to come to you, all who are weary and burdened, and you will give us rest. So Lord, meet us in this moment.
So back to the question. What is your heart disposition towards the Lord? What is your posture? What is your stance five days before Christmas? And I wanna invite you to come to Jesus. Come nearer than you've ever been before and fall on your knees and worship the King. If he can do that in the heart of a foreign pagan astronomer from the east, then maybe he could do that for you and for me as well. And if you've never placed your faith in Christ, if the story has simply been cultural background music for you, but today you sense the need for a savior, for a clean slate, for a second chance at life, for the forgiveness of sin, and in just a moment, I'm gonna offer a prayer for you. Maybe you're here today and you've been far from God, but you knew him as a child or an adult. Your heart is hard, but you feel him calling you to come home. Make that choice today. Would you pray with me? And if you've never asked Christ into your heart, if you've never believed on the child in the cradle who will become the man on the cross, and give your life to him right now. Simply pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. I confess that I've sinned and gone my own way. I ask you to forgive me. I believe you are the one sent from heaven. And I want to follow you all the days of my life. Oh, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would draw all of us unto yourself, just like you did the Magi. And I pray that we would bow a knee and worship you like never before. It's in your name, King Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Well, fellowship, for those of you watching online, locally, nationally, or internationally, we say Merry Christmas. For those of you in the room, I wanna invite you, if you need prayer today, the Stebbins are in the prayer room. Online, we've got prayer counselors available on the portal, ask for prayer. And we will see you on December 27th. Don't forget, Christmas Eve services are online this year. They'll be available the 24th in the morning and all day. If you want glow sticks or candles, pick them up on your way out. We love you, fellowship. Merry Christmas.